Well, good morning, Harvest Church. I wish I could have been with you this weekend. It would have been absolutely wonderful just to drive into the country to get out of lockdown, Melbourne. But hopefully we can meet uh, together in person uh, next year. And uh, I do count it an honour and a privilege to speak to you this morning. Harvest Church, what a just an incredibly iconic church here, not only in Melbourne, but also in Australia. And I do want to make special mention of your wonderful senior pastors, Pastor Andrew and Rachel, just wonderful friends of ours, just a godly, authentic couple. And uh, again, uh, we're just excited that I can share with you today. I do have a great word for you this morning, and uh, it's a word of encouragement. And you know, the Bible speaks a lot about us encouraging one another. You know, in Hebrews, you know, chapter 3, verse 13, The Bible says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Well, today is not called tomorrow or yesterday. Today is called today. So what a wonderful opportunity just to encourage one another. You know, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians speaks about end times. And I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of talk about end times at the moment and the season that we're living in right now and the season in the church's history. But Paul makes this great statement after he's spoken about the end times and what's going to happen in the future. He makes this great statement and he says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In other words, let's not discourage one another or put fear in each other's lives, but let's encourage each other with these words. And, I, you know, for the church of God worldwide, church, we've got to be walking to a different beat. We've got to be uh, listening to a different sound. There is so much discouragement out there at the moment with all the negative news and all the hypersensitivities and all the fear and what's going to happen in the future. And I just believe that you and I can just live with a different spirit about not living with discouragement, but actually living with encouragement. And wherever you are, if you believe it, say, Amen. And so today, I pray that this word encourages you and stirs your faith that we serve a big God who often has a much larger view than what we do in our own lives. And so today I want to speak to you an encouraging word. You know, one of the words that you hear a lot about at the moment is the word Zoom. I don't know about you, but in the last 18 months, Zoom has brought a whole new meaning. I mean, you know, Zooming in meetings and Zooming in conferences and Zooming in church meetings. Uh, Who would ever have thought that the word Zoom has brought this connotation, which I find is actually really funny, is that, you know, Zooming is often, we're Zooming here, we're Zooming there, we're Zooming overseas. But in reality, we're not Zooming anywhere. We're just actually stuck at home. But I want to talk to you today about a different type of Zooming in that can often cause fatigue in our lives and can often cause discouragement in our lives. And, uh, you know, it's a Zooming in that creates fatigue. And it's a zooming in about really what we focus on or what we allow to fill our mind with or what we lock into to actually discourage us. For example, example, it is so easy right now to zoom into all the issues in this season that worry us. It's so easy right now to zoom into an uncertain future. It's so easy to zoom into the problems that we face or the difficulties that we're encountering at the moment. It's so easy right now, especially when we are at home alone, to zoom into the fears and the concerns 
and the worries that we have. You know, Jesus speaks about the dangers of zooming in. And he speaks about this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. He says, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? Just think about the idea that Jesus is presenting to the, 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 his people. He's talking about spending too much time zooming in and getting con- consumed with the, with the small and the minutiae and the stuff that actually worry us and put fear into our lives. I, you know, when you think about King Saul, and I remember years ago in Bible college doing a leadership study in King Saul, and King Saul whom God had anointed, King Saul whom God had appointed as the first king of Israel, whom God had charged to lead his people, makes this statement. Uh, Samuel makes this statement about King Saul in 1 Samuel 15 verse 17. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, again, he's talking about King Saul's leadership and his insecurities. He says, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And I just love that statement. Again, King Saul was zooming in on his insecurities. He was zooming in on all of his fears rather than getting a global view of where God was leading him and what God was wanting to do in his life. And you know, when we zoom in too much, it just creates a whole bunch of bad decision making. And we see this in King Saul's life. He just lost sight of the bigger picture. I saw this the other day that I was reading an article that I thought was quite hilarious. And it's, it's the dangers of what happens when we zoom in too much. And I call it the mystery of the headless iguana. And if we can have the photo up, that'd be great. But listen to this news report. Animal welfare officials in Krakow, Poland, responded to reports of a mysterious creature hanging in a tree. The mysterious headless beast was reported to authorities and people were reportedly not even opening their windows because they were afraid that this headless beast was going into their houses. The Krakow Animal Welfare Society posted to Facebook, saying the report was genuine and the person who called them was hysterical, talking about the headless creature which they saw lurking in the trees for two days. The woman called the authorities, had suspected it could be an iguana who had no head. The animal welfare officials didn't think it would be a reptile, as they cannot cope well with the weather in Poland, but wondered if it could be someone's pet. One of nature's great mysteries, maybe even a new species of headless creatures. Upon arriving at the site, they discovered the mysterious headless iguana was in fact a croissant wedged between two tree branches. I mean, first of all, you have to ask yourself the question, Who would have ever thought of putting a croissant in a tree? And just secondly, just the dangers of when we allow our fears to get out of control and we zoom in too much and allow our doubts and our worries just to overrain our lives and just how it just creates all of these weird things and just really poor decision making. Just the dangers of zooming in. But the Apostle Paul has a different mindset 
in this area. In Philippians chapter 4, this is the passage that I want to have a look at today. And Paul is talking about the stuff that he's gone through. And rather than zooming in, he's actually zooming out and seeing the goodness and the faithfulness of God throughout key moments and journeys of his life. And I guess that's the difference of Paul's perspective versus the perspective of so many people in today's life that they're living in. You see, Paul is coming to a different conclusion. He's arriving at a different place because he's not zoomed in, but he's actually zoomed out. And so for a few moments, even though this year there's been a lot of zooming in on the daily numbers and the vaccines and the challenges here and the issues there, can we spend a few moments zooming out and looking at the grace and the goodness of God across our life. And Paul makes this great statement, and he's talking about the events of his life. He says this in Philippians 4 verse 11. He says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learnt to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live in almost nothing or with everything. I've learnt the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether it is with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Don't you love that? I can do everything through Christ that gives me strength. I want you to notice that Paul is saying, I've learnt this. In other words, it didn't come naturally to the Apostle Paul. It was not something that he was born with, but it was something that he had to discover throughout his life. He says, I've learnt this. It didn't come naturally. I've learnt to come to this conclusion. And I guess the idea is that it took a while in the situations that Paul faced and the, the, the people that had let the Apostle Paul down, the circumstances that had gone against him. Yes, he had lived with fear. Yes, he had faced uncertainty. Think about what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 he talks about some of the practical challenges that he went through. He says, I've worked harder. He says, I've been put in prison more often. He says that he'd been whipped without number. He says that he'd been faced death again and again. He'd been beaten with rods. He'd been stoned. He talks about three times being shipwrecked. I don't know about you, but once would be enough for anyone. You know, if it happened to us, we'd go, well, God wasn't in that because... I went on a journey, I got shipwrecked. But Paul says three times that it happened in his life. He goes on to say in this passage in 2 Corinthians that he had sleepless nights, facing danger with thieves. Again, in 2 Corinthians, he talks about pushing well beyond his ability to endure. But he comes to this conclusion. And he says, after all of his trials and after all of his hardships, And after some of his dreams and visions and goals and aspirations and some of them came to pass and some of them didn't. After all of that collective experience, he says, this is the place that I have arrived at. And I have zoomed out and I've come to this conclusion. And if you think about it, he could have zoomed in on any one of these myopic issues shipwrecked, beaten, sleepless nights, and he could have created a completely different conclusion 
of the grace and the goodness of God. But Paul puts it all together and he zooms out and he says, I've arrived at a place of contentment because I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Church, what a phenomenal place to arrive at. After all of his life experiences and the disappointments and the pains and the challenges, Paul arrives at this place that is so independent of life's challenges that he arrives as a place of great contentment. I don't know about you, but I believe that our faith can actually bring us to a place of great contentment, regardless of what happens in the world, regardless about government control, or regardless of what's happening in the world of health, that you and I, because of our faith in Jesus, and because of what Christ has done in our lives, we can actually arrive at a place of peace because who Jesus is. And this is what Paul is saying. And if you think about your life right now, if you were to zoom out and get a bigger perspective, what is the destination of where you're leading to? Think about it. Where are you going to land in this thing called life? After all of your experiences and after all of the challenges and the highs and the lows and the blessings and the challenges, what's the end goal? Because for Paul, it wasn't what we thought it would be. It was a realisation that God was outworking his purpose in the Apostle Paul. I want you to notice that Paul says, not only have I learnt this, but he says, I was never in need, which I thought is a really powerful statement. You see, notice Paul says that I was never in need. What is he talking about? Because in, in reality, practically, Paul was in need in a number of times in his ministry. He was asking for certain things. He would ask for people to come and help him and to support him and to encourage him. A second Timothy chapter 4 verse 9. Paul is asking for Timothy to come to him quickly. He's asking for Mark to come along as well in, 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 in chapter 1 of the same book. Paul is speaking about how once a forest refreshed him in jail. And so there is an idea here that Paul was in a physical need in some of the, the darkest moments of his life. And so what is Paul saying when he was saying that I was never in need? Well, the word their need literally means poverty. And I think he was talking about internal poverty versus external poverty. And I believe that he was talking about a poverty of spirit or a poverty of mind or a, a poverty of heart or a Poverty of unfulfillment. And Paul makes the point that even though surrounding him, he went through some very difficult life experiences, he makes the point that he was never in poverty of heart. He was never in poverty of mind or in poverty of spirit. But he was always in a place of incredible contentment. You know, church, I do believe it's the number one goal of humanity. With all the stuff that we accumulate in life and all the resources that we go after, that at the end of the day, the number one goal is the place of internal contentment. But Paul says that he has found a different way, and I love this. 
contentment, not because everything has landed in the right place and is living in a great mansion and life is good, but contentment because the indwelling of Jesus Christ in his life. You know, there are many people right now that they may be blessed on the outside, but they're living with a poverty of heart. They're living with a poverty of spirit. They're living with a poverty of mind. They can't enjoy the blessings of God because they're so caught up and they're so wrestling on the inside. And as a believer in Jesus, we don't need to live that way, praise God. But because of what Jesus Christ has done, there is a freedom on the inside that you and I can experience. There is a sense of God in our daily walk, a sense of contentment that God is leading us and that God is guiding us. And the purpose of what Paul is saying and the purpose of this message is once again very simply to remind us again that Christ dwells within us. And because of that, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Paul goes on to say, it is Christ who gives me strength. It's the reason why we don't need to live with a poverty of spirit or a poverty of mind or a poverty of heart because Jesus dwells within us. And that indwelling of Jesus is the very fuel that fires us on a daily basis. And my encouragement to you this morning is just don't underestimate that dwelling. Don't ever discount that dwelling of Jesus within you, that he has made his home in you when you surrendered your life to him. You think about it, that indwelling in the Apostle Paul. Paul often say that he's the least of all the apostles. But think about it, that indwelling of Jesus in the Apostle Paul, that indwelling that has brought contentment into his life. It's that very indwelling that, think about it, took him through shipwrecks, took him through beatings, took him through stonings, took him through unjust trials. It was that very indwelling of Jesus in the Apostle Paul that made him survive those lonely prison nights and the times where people betrayed him and those moments of death where he felt that he was well beyond his ability to endure. That indwelling of Jesus carried him through some of the harshest, most challenging environments we ever read about in the Word of God. And Paul, who himself acknowledges that there is nothing good in him of himself, come to his own conclusion that Jesus Christ in him, this treasure in earthen vessels, is his sustenance and power. Can I ask you this morning, where do you get your sustenance from? Where do you get your power from? Where do you get your peace of mind from? Is it from world events? Is it wanting to make sure that everything around you lands in the right place? Because if that happens in your life, you'll never be guaranteed peace because there are so many things that are out of your control. But when you understand that the indwelling in Jesus is there to fuel you and to encourage you, to bring you peace and confidence in moments of great need. It actually separates you and creates an independence in you from all of the difficulty that this world faces. And I've got good news for you this morning. It's not something that you can strive for. It's not something that you need to work for. 
Jesus comes to you and I and he offers you his help. I like the way the Message Bible puts the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? How many people are burnt out on religion at the moment? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Listen to this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you love that? Jesus says keep company with him and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's the daily walk with Christ, isn't it? It's that daily walk when we go through a challenge. It's that daily walk when the enemy comes and fills our lives with fear. It's that daily walk when we are facing an obstacle that is completely outside of our control. And as we are walking with Jesus and as we are talking with him, we're saying, Holy Spirit, just come and help me. We live freely and lightly. Do you remember years ago, one of my favourite Christian musicians was Keith Green. And I, I don't, you know, we're talking years and years and years ago now. But Keith Green, I mean, he was just, I loved him. And he used to have this song called Walk and Talk. Walk and Talk. And he just talked about walking and talking with Jesus. I mean, what a great opportunity in this pandemic to come back down to the basics and to once again reignite our fire and our fuel for Christ and our hunger to walk and to talk and to engage with him on an intimate level. Look what Paul says to the Colossians. In Colossians 1 verse 26 to 28, he's talking about the mystery of God's relationship with us. He says, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Listen, Christ is in you. It's full stop. Christ is in you. Actually, it's a comma. (laughs) Therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. This is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense. Come on, who knows the world right now needs a a dose of profound common sense so that we we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. I love that. Christ, no more, no less. That's why I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. The mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ in you, Christ in me. Therefore, you can look forward to sharing God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. You were to say, give me Christianity in a nutshell, very simple, Christ in me, Christ in you. When you give your life to Jesus, there's a transference that comes. There's an impartation of God's spirit in you and I. Christ in us, it's the message, it's that simple. And you know what it is? It's not an emotional disposition that comes and goes. 
See, Christ in you and me is not a psychological idea when you are mentally strong. But Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. There was a supernatural thing that took place when you gave your lives to God. Jesus Christ in us. The message, it's that simple. I love what Paul says. It's the substance of our message. There is nothing without this fundamental truth. To be mature is to be basic. The basic truth of Christ in us. And if you think about it, it's that one thing that drives the Apostle Paul. It's that one thing that he locks onto his target. That's the only message that he preaches. He preaches the resurrection of Jesus. You think about in the book of Acts when the apostles first started the church and there were problems in the church and there were difficulties and there were challenges and there were things that were going on. And what did they do? They kept preaching the resurrection from the dead. They kept preaching Jesus Christ resurrected. They had one message and one goal and that was it. And we see that same thing again. In the Apostle Paul, he has one message, and that is the resurrected Jesus living in us. Can I encourage you this morning to zoom out today? Let's not be a church that zooms in on every myopic issue and my, my every problem and every issue. Yeah, we, you've got to deal with problems. But there's a difference between dealing with them as a natural course of life, but always zooming in on them. Let's zoom out and be reminded again that Christ, the hope of glory, is with us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Even right now during this pandemic, listen church, Jesus is doing a profound work in you and me. He's working in us to produce something of great value. And let us never discount the indwelling of Jesus. Let's never just treat it as something that's minimal just something that we have theologically understood over many years. But understand the hope of glory, the indwelling of Jesus is the very thing that can make us survive through any storm, any pandemic, any difficulty. Let us be encouraged with these words. I want to ask you today whether you've been feeling overwhelmed. Maybe the last 80 months, you've kind of got to the end and you just feel weary and tired. Can I pray for you today? That wherever you are, maybe you're at church or you're at home or not too sure right now what's happening in Horsham and the way that you can meet. But can I pray right now, wherever you are, that in this moment, that God will once again remind you of His great power and the blessed understanding of knowing that Jesus Christ is with you. And today, it's not just a mental disposition or psychological idea. God spiritually, significantly changed you and my life when we gave our lives to Jesus. And today, once again, He wants to remind us of that. Can I pray for you today? Today, if you're feeling tired and weary, you know, today, right now, if you're feeling like you've come to the end and, you know, you just don't feel that you've got strength left, can I pray that this morning, once again, that God is going to fill you with hope and fill you with encouragement and fill you with His presence today. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank You today that once again, as we look at Your Word, Your Word is so encouraging. And once again, we are reminded again that you dwell within us and that we can live in a place of great contentment and great peace and great personal encouragement because you are with us. And I just pray right now for people that are maybe feeling discouraged. God, people that are maybe feeling empty on the inside. People that are living with a poverty of mind or poverty of spirit. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just come once again.
and just God fill every home. God fill every person. Holy Spirit, just go before me right now and I pray that you'd come and encourage your people in this season and in this moment. We thank you, God, that your indwelling in us gives us the ability to punch well above our weight in dealing with difficulty and circumstances many times that are completely out of our control. Thank you, Lord Jesus, the greater is he that is in us than is he, he that is in the world. Come and bless your people today, I pray, in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Horsham. Thank you so much, Harvest Church. And uh, I can't wait to see you, hopefully next year. And uh, I pray you have a wonderful day. God bless you.